This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 30th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. When it comes to accessing health care, things weren't exactly great before the pandemic. And of course, the pandemic caused access problems to get much worse. Perhaps part of the solution to the ongoing problem is giving nurse practitioners the ability to practice on their own. For many eastern states, nurse practitioners are especially restricted. Elizabeth Stell is with Pennsylvania's Commonwealth Foundation. She details the results of their new study. Well, in healthcare, when you talk about improving it, uh, we often hear about public options, but we would say, how do you create a personal option? Because what people really want is more personal healthcare. And so when we talk about how to make healthcare more personal, we talk about access. And one thing we've been working on in Pennsylvania for a long time with friends like Americans for Prosperity, um, this report we did with the Knee Center in West Virginia University is increasing the supply of healthcare. Because so you have more healthcare providers, you can have more personalized attention, you can have more access to your provider. So this is really what the scope of practice reform is all about. It's increasing the supply of healthcare so that you can get more personalized care and therefore higher quality care. Okay. So what what do we what do we learn from uh, your study on the scope of practice reform? Well, what we learned is, uh, what we found is exactly what we expected to find. And that is when you lift these artificial restrictions on where nurses can practice and how much it costs them to practice, you get more health care. Specifically, we found that the number of nurse practitioners would increase um, the ratio would increase about 30%, certified nurse midwives, an estimated 26.7% um, across the state. And that's based on Maryland, right? So our state to the south. Typically not a state we look at for good policy, but in this case, their ability to free nurse practitioners from the supervision of a physician generated more access to care. And that's exactly what we need to see in Pennsylvania to drive down costs and increase access. So specifically with respect to midwives, how, how are those regulated typically? So in Pennsylvania, you have to have two collaborative agreements. So you have to have two physicians that you pay a chunk of change to, to check your charts or um, discuss tough cases. The idea is patient safety. But what we found, and there's robust academic literature that shows this, there's really no connection between the quality of care and these collaborative agreements. So what it's become is really just a, a revenue source for physicians in Pennsylvania. And we already know that there's a shortage of physicians. We know there's a shortage of primary care. So why would we continue to artificially restrict the amount of primary care that is available? And in rural areas especially, this is a huge problem. We estimate in our study that if you did adopt full practice, the scope of practice reforms in Pennsylvania for certified nurse midwives and registered um, certified nurse practitioners, you would actually be able to almost cut in half the number of provider shortage areas, which is a huge boon to the rural population. In uh, my state of Kentucky, I'm sorry, listeners, for continuing to mention where I live, uh, but it's it's where I have the most information. Um, midwives can operate, but they can't arrange their own facilities. Yeah, that independence is a big factor. Um, and when we asked the, the midwives and the nurse practitioners themselves, how does this inhibit you? You know, we wanted to get down to brass tacks. We wanted to figure out what does this actually look like? How does this play out in the real world? So one of the nurses that I interviewed, her name is Lynn Hurd. Um, she is focused on serving senior citizens. So what Lynn does, uh, it was working part time. This was an additional job um, that she had with physicians in her 
community to serve just senior citizens. These are individuals that, um, you know, are in their 80s and their 90s, and they really valued being able to come to Lynn, 10-minute, 15-minute drive versus going to the next town, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. That might not sound like a lot to you and me, but when you're in your 90s, that can be a big deal, the transportation. So they really valued having someone in their community that they could go to for their primary health care needs. Well, those collaborating physicians, they shut down their office during COVID and they retired, like a lot of physicians these days are doing. So Lynn had no collaborators. She talked to some people she knew, um, just, you know, friends in the medical profession. You know, hey, can you be my collaborator? Hey, can you be my collaborator? Many of them are part of large hospital systems. And they said, no, 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 no. You can't collaborate with anyone that's not in our system. So Lynn is now not able to serve any of those senior citizens in her community. And she knows of at least one patient that still, two years later, doesn't have a primary care provider because they don't want to see anybody else. They want to see Lynn. But Lynn can't, you know, do regular checkups or see if they're, um, you know, abiding by their medications because of this old state licensing law that is actually harming senior citizens. And, and the follow-on effects of their, uh, their, I could imagine, could be pretty substantial as well in terms of uh, if, if these uh, medical professionals aren't able to operate as freely as you would like, uh, what's the wait time for an appointment with a physician because this, this scope of practice has not been expanded for nurse practitioners? It's not just wait times. It's also the amount of time you have with the provider. Um, and that was one of the things we heard a lot is people valued the nurse practitioner because they would spend 20 minutes, half an hour talking them through all of their conditions. Whereas the physician, if you get the physician, you know, 10, maybe 15 minutes if you're really lucky. Uh, and so what we're do what we're talking about in this reform is doing something that New York just did, that California is in the process of doing, that Maryland did in 2015. This is not revolutionary. Almost half of the states now give these advanced practitioners the ability to practice independently without these collaborative agreements. But for some reason, Pennsylvania has been a holdout here. And we're working really hard to demonstrate this isn't just about benefiting nurses like Lynn, you know, that have that freedom now, but it's also about expanding access, making it more accessible, making it more personal. And you're going to um, have, you know, you're going to head off a lot more chronic conditions when you have easily accessible health care throughout the rural areas of the state. So what uh, what other states are like Pennsylvania in this regard? So right now we're, we're about half of states, 24, 25, depending on your definition of full practice authority. Most of the states that restrict this are in the southeast. So you're talking about states like Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. So this seems... Given the maps of certificate of need laws in the United States, they are focused in the Southeast. Largely. I mean, Michigan is an exception to the rule. But yes, we're seeing this. And But I, I would note, too, that uh, there's been a lot of movement on this issue over the past two years with the pandemic. It was part of the um, waivers that were given to a lot of states that they opened up scope of practice for these advanced nurses. And, and that's the other crazy thing about this. In Pennsylvania, we had a situation where in the West— we had hospitals that were shut down. You know, they could only do emergency procedures. All non-electives were not allowed. And then in Philadelphia, they were overwhelmed with COVID cases. You know, maybe not as bad as New York City, but it, it was bad. And we had nurses saying, hey, can I go to Philadelphia and help? You know, I want to help save lives. And they were told no, because you can't get a collaborative agreement arranged in time, which just boggles my mind. Even in the worst health crisis of our generation, we couldn't lift 
these rules. So, um, you know, politically, it's tough, but we think this new research will help us make that case that it's time for Pennsylvania to come into the 21st century and make health care more accessible and affordable. Elizabeth Stell directs policy analysis at Pennsylvania's Commonwealth Foundation. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.